Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall. As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm with my guys, Robbie and Mike. But I've also got the Wear Testers crew, Chris and Drew, to talk about some performance kicks today. So, what's good, fellas? How's everybody doing? Good, man. So far, so yeah. good. We're doing good. <laughs> It's Friday, man. You can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I think we're just going to hop right into it because we got the experts of all experts on on the show. So, I mean, I uh, Robbie and I were talking before everybody came on, and uh, we just felt like if we were going to talk about performance in any way, we needed to have Chris and Drew on because obviously they're the go-to for any of this kind of information and knowledge. And they put in a lot more work in these shoes than we ever would. So I trust their opinions more than my own in most cases. So um, I guess like performance review. No, I guess my latest performance review is the real tree Crocs. So we got to <laughs> We're gonna add the experts the in here. Yeah, what, what, what do you actually do for a performance review on real tree Crocs anyway? Is it, is it like kitchen work or is it like hunting in the backyard? <laughs> No, nah, it, it's me with the switchblade breaking down boxes in the backyard for the recycling. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, obviously, I think everybody probably knows you guys, but I guess the best thing to do would be, you know, Chris, Drew, like maybe we do like a little 30 second rundown of who you are and, and wear testers and all that. Okay. <clears throat> um, so my name is Chris, uh, known on the internet as Nightwing2303, and uh, I run weartesters.com along with Drew. Uh, he and I are co-founders. Um, I've been doing the YouTube side of, of the like the wear testing since 2009, and um, Drew and I linked up somewhere like early on, and we just hit it off, became friends, and we've linked up, I think it was during the LA All-Star, uh, All-Star game which we ran into each other there and uh, we kind of like reconnected and then started doing business together. But uh, my priority with wear testers is just basically wear testing uh, all the basketball stuff. And then um, I also do like just the regular reviews, like a, like if a retro product is coming or there's a new model coming out and I'll, I'll talk about that stuff. So uh, that's pretty much what I do. Cool. Yep. And uh, for me, I, I kind of think of it as, as I started the weartesters.com site way back in the day. And I didn't even know Chris was doing videos. 
And I had never even, you know, like most people cite Professor K as the first performance review they ever read. Uh, I never even read him. I just started my own site because I couldn't find uh, reviews. And I had just moved to a town with no sneaker store. So I was having to buy everything online and uh, started doing that in my spare time. And then Chris and I met when I moved out to the Bay Area. And I think that was like 2014 when I started working for PayPal. And so uh, nowadays, I just focus on the business ops side of uh, wear testers. And then I also do running reviews with uh, Chris's wife, Jody. She kind of carries the the female wide footer view of running shoes while I do the kind of uh, normal foot tall, tall dude that uh, is trying to run like he's still in high school. You're a monster. You're a big dude. So you get some good wear out of those shoes. Yeah, I like passing the small guys when it's in races, just to, <laughs> you know, kind of assert my dominance. It's, 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 it's tough out there in races, man. The little guys have an advantage, whereas I was used to the basketball court where the taller you are, the, the more advantage you got. So what's what is one of the first shoes that you guys remember actually doing a review on? Uh, mine was the Jordan 2009. So and that's when I started the, the channel. So that was the first one that I did. And then things just kept going after that. That was a yeah. that was an interesting shoe. It was interesting. It was actually pretty good on court. It was pretty heavy, but. Uh, all things considered, because that that was before that was before the super lightweight era of sneakers, the the fuse, the lows, the Kobe fours, things like that, the hyper dunk. So, so that shoe for someone like me growing up in the '90s and then even the early 2000s, it was almost a natural transition. Like it was still like they implemented some new tech in the rear. Uh, then they had still like the the nice materials, the leather and things like that, pleated panels for like, I think it was for fencing and um, little callbacks to previous shoes, like the little hologram on the side and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, so it was a, it was an interesting shoe, but when you look at like where they're at now, like with something like the Jordan 34 or even the 35, like you're just like, damn, that's crazy what 11 years can do. Oh, am yeah. I allowed to cut? I mean, this? yeah, yeah, oh, okay. of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I mean the same thing kind of in the running space, right, Drew? Like this year is kind of a uh, kind of uh, kind of crazy in in terms of all the. I guess like it's been a little bit more than a year with with a lot of it, but a lot of the uh, conversation around like you know what's legal, what's not, the you know stuff from Ni- the Alpha Fly or Next Percent stuff from Nike, and then the uh, was it the Endorphin Pro from Saucony, and everybody's got some like crazy carbon kind of cantilever tech system right now yeah this this year to running is an analog to probably like 1996-97 in nike basketball and basketball in general because you also had uh, reebok out there doing cool stuff and you just had a lot of new tech and new ways of implementing it you had crazy things like the foam posit so running's very similar Uh, they've taken foam and carbon plates and the way they put them together and done it up every brand is doing it up just slightly differently uh, but the end result is something that's super bouncy and saves your legs over these long uh, half marathon marathon races 
That, is that, it, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but is that something you think could ever be, or is there anything similar to, to that in basketball? Never really thought of it, but like basketball obviously have like flight plate and stuff that's, I guess, sort of similar. It's not as bouncy feeling though, is it really? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they haven't they haven't tried to go super bouncy on the foam because of how unstable you get. I mean, Chris can talk to that. A I mean, little I've bit. tried stuff from not from Nike in particular, but just from other brands. And uh, the the bouncier the foam gets, the more like wobbly you feel, like under your feet. And for running, that could be cool, or you could just get used to it. I don't I don't like running personally, so unless it's on a basketball court, so like I try not to do it, but I did get. Um, some run ins like during like the early pandemic era or early pandemic, uh, phase or whatever of this year. And, um, I used to run with my wife back in the day, but like nothing, I used to run like Pegasus. So it was nothing crazy, but, um, but yeah, so like nothing too hard, but the, that flight speed flight plate, um, eclipse plate, whatever that whole thing is, or just a moderator plate in general, that's probably like the closest thing we've gotten. So, and even the spring plate, if you date it back to, you know, 95 with the Jordan 11. So like it, they've been doing that for quite a while, but the foam compounds is completely different. Like one stable, uh, damn near neutral versus yeah. running, which is almost propelling feeling. So it's like pretty contrast, like a pretty good contrast between the two. No, I was thinking because I was trying to think of a shoe that tried that. And my brain went directly to, I think it was the Harden 3. I feel like it was like really, like there wasn't a lot of contain. It, the boost wasn't contained. And it felt really weird mm -hmm. on foot trying to play. And if I had a pair and I just couldn't play, I felt super unstable because it was just a big slab of boost and it was just open. Yeah, the that one I personally did like because it was thinner yeah. than something that they used previously with the, mm -hmm. um, the D-Row 6. That one was a platform. Oh, yeah. And yeah. even like, Remember they caged it in that like EVA yeah. little carrier, but it was open. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those, were, those were a little like on the bouncier side. Um, yeah. uh, and even if you talk to certain, either the, the design team or, or one of the like product line managers, sometimes they have samples there that are just so nuts where you're like, mm -hmm. like what happened here? And they're just like, <laughs> just like you know what I mean? Like we really wanted to do something outlandish yeah. and crazy. And even though whatever comes to market, we might see it and think that they had something probably even yeah. crazier in the back room that we never saw. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, the Puma Clyde L Pro that's right back there, that's got a P-Bax puck in the heel, mm -hmm. which is, P-Bax is the same material as Zoom X, which Nike uses like in huge amounts for the Vaporfly and Alphafly. So it's starting to work its way into basketball, but you know, it's, it's caged in there. And I mean, most people stay off their heels while playing basketball anyway. But I, I think all the designers are, are trying to figure it out. Uh, the Spencer Dinwiddie shoe was P-Bax, but it's uh, it's not quite, it's not as bouncy okay. as Zoom X, the P-Bax that they use there. This this one is, um, or for those of you guys that can't see, it's a uh, 361, uh, 361 degrees. And they have yeah Aaron Gordon from uh, The Magic. And they use this stuff that almost started at, over at Skechers, the burst technology or the burst foam. And it looks like packing peanuts in person. And it's super interesting the way that they make that because it's like it's like a reverse of what they do with a uh, like an EVA like Phylon or or whatever where it could be injected or compression molded. And this stuff it's it's molded into something like this. Like luckily, three six one sent those shoes over to me. We haven't done a video yet, but they also gave me the sh like the tooling. Oh crap! 
just taken oh, apart. And this is like, yeah. yeah, this is one of the coolest things. This is the midsole setup for this Aaron Gordon shoe. So this black panel is, you know, regular EVA. It's really comfortable and they've named it uh, Neofoam organ or something like that like i don't know what exactly that means but that's their trademark term like like phylon would be or cushlon would be for nike and then this is that material that's like a packing peanut and it originally starts off like about a, uh like half the size and then they put it in nitrogen and it expands it it's like oh, real crap. weird yeah it's super weird so um and this stuff you can see just the shape of it again for basketball it's got your zones for impact protection yeah. like on the back but you really yeah. don't want all of that up there in the front. So most of that is just oh, kind yeah. of like at a landing portion or a landing spot. And then this is all like toe offs and drags, crosses, things like that, like fancy footwork. So you want all that stability yeah. there. So it's really interesting the way that they, that they have elevated uh, foams in general. Cause I know back in the, back in the nineties, if you had a foam shoe, like it was like a brick and you wanted something with yeah. air or hexalite or something dmx you know what i mean like you didn't want like a yeah. basic adidas with adipreen because adipreen was like ah so well that's kind of what we're seeing with like the volume five harden because there's the boost drop midsole but there's like a lightning strike container which yeah. is like harder around it to keep the foam in yeah so more stability. even even this shoe with it being primarily housed in this EVA, they even put this extra panel right here that's all, you know, a, a TPU, kind of like the Harden uh, Volume 1. And they wrap from the heel all the way up to that forefoot area. It's super interesting. I really like the way that the shoe came together, especially with what they're using in it. And uh, luckily, again, they sent this visual because this is like, this is like a, that's cool. like, you know, a shoe, a shoe nerd's dream right here is to be able to hold. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like checking to see when this coronavirus thing is over, so I can come check that out in person. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it's you know, most of us are, are comic book nerds, and those Aaron Gordons kind of look like the Batman Forever, like Mister Freeze. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I am also a comic book nerd, and I just that that thing is a killer shoe. So I'm excited to uh, to try those out whenever. Yeah, eventually. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a I mean kind of a good segue though because one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I obviously like we've known each other for a really long time and uh, I mm -hmm. think like one thing I admire about what you guys always do is is you you kind of approach the idea of reviewing shoes the way I approach the idea of like collecting shoes right like it's like everything is on the table. We have to review damn near everything we can get our hands on. You know, there's only so many days in the year to do that, but like you obviously don't, you know, pick and choose your favorites the way I would say a lot of people tend to do. And, you know, nothing against that. I, I I'm super biased too, right? Like Chuck's and questions are levels above everything else in my collection. But, um, this, yeah, this year has been that. really interesting with a lot of, just like crazy energy and yeah, it's a little bit longer than a year. It's the last few years. Right. But like crazy energy around the young guys going and getting their own signature shoes from some of these other smaller brands. I personally love it, but I wanted to know if you could talk about your experience with those shoes. Cause I know you've been reviewing a lot of these and probably reviewed three, six, one shoes 
well before most people in the States even knew they existed. I mean, a lot of people probably still don't even know they exist, but this, this Aaron Gordon shoe, I think is going to be the start of something pretty major for, for not just three, six, one, but everybody else as well. Yeah. I think that, uh, that this shoe in particular compared to the previous models from the brand that I've tried before, uh, this thing is just, just based off of trying it on feels like any other shoe that you'd get here in the States, um, which is good. So, over there, I pro I can't grab it right now, but it's the one that he was supposed to wear during the All Star uh, game. I don't remember if he did exactly wear it. I I can't remember, but it's it's a little bit different, and it has a lot of that that burst like cushion exposed, and I didn't like that shoe. So like I can already tell just from a try on what they've changed and tweaked, and I already like it more. Um, I used to actually wear or test uh, Kevin Love's shoe when he was with them way back in the day. Uh, pre Cavaliers Kevin Love and um, you know so that was interesting because that that was around the same time frame as all the Hyperdunks so it was a, a heavy plastic based upper I don't love those uh, I like a little bit of a little bit of everything and that's what this shoe has and then other Chinese branded shoes um, I think are especially right now like damn near just like a Nike so Whatever you like over there, they're probably doing it too, and they might even be doing it a little bit better. Like uh, this, for example, is a TPU like shank that you would have at the midfoot, and this is one option for this Aaron Gordon shoe that they have available right now. But later on, they're going to release the second one that is a full carbon fiber, and this is some of the thickest, strongest carbon fiber that I've seen on a shoe in a long time, and you don't see those things on Nikes and Jordans usually. So. If you like all of that, like extra beefed up support, then that should be a good thing. And then uh, as far as seeing like all these new players, at first it's weird because back in the day we're used to the the elite of the elite. And now we have no shots fired, but Jeremy Lin, unfortunately not in the NBA, but with his first signature shoe. And then he's on the on a G League team for 10 days. So I just think it's really interesting that we've gone from the top of the top to Almost everybody's got one. If you everybody get the shoe, yeah, Gordon yeah, Hayward, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shoe is actually really good. So um, I have a second one right there, and I haven't hooked in that one yet. But that one like looks super dope. I don't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he just hurt himself again. Like did he like, break a finger just now? Yeah, he just hurt yeah. his finger. It does look really, yeah, does look does look really good. Though. This is That's a pretty shoe, nuts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised at how nice they look. And if you go. And just do some research and figure out who's designing these. Like you wouldn't be surprised that that's, you know what I mean? Like you'd be like, oh, okay. like that's yeah. that's why they've been elevated so much. Yeah. People been poaching, and you know. And I think it's smart. Plus, their manufacturing is all over there, so they see a lot of this technology before even we do. And uh, they're they're already yeah. re, like deconstructing to reconstruct it, like reverse engineering and stuff. So, you know. I wouldn't sleep on them. It's just hard I, to get. For sure, I was going to say that too, and and I think one you you brought up a good point though. Like, where you if if you pay attention to the designers, the even even just like the product line managers, a lot of the people have a lot of experience with the brands in the states, mm -hmm. and ultimately, it seems like they're given a lot more freedom when they go to these, you know, I guess like lower popularity brands in the states and and it's it's awesome it's awesome to see like those two shoes are perfect perfect example of people i think that you know probably would be designing some mid-level 
shoe for a Nike or Adidas or something. And now here they're getting to do a signature shoe, which means there's a lot more options for them to, you know, to, to be creative. One of the things I was actually going to ask you, just like a personal favor, just talk to the brands and just say that like, yo, I have a friend that wears a 13. Can you just, I don't need free <laughs> shoes, just sell a size 13. All yeah. of those shoes are so hard to find a big, like a bigger size. That's in, my, man. That's it's like, it seems like they're all about like, oh, yeah, it's, it's over, tough. Over, overseas, it's really interesting because the demographics are different. Um, and so if you were to even compare a, a China region release Nike versus a U.S. release, the, even the lasts themselves are different. So like one's built on a wider last because that's traditional over there that they have wider feet yeah. versus over here in the U, in the U.S. And then um, for sizes, so over there they told me that people don't usually go past a ten, and so if you could find wow. a ten and a half, you're lucky. If you could find anything above that, you're super lucky because it's usually a PE, like just for the player. That's crazy. Dang. That's crazy. Now the rubber is also different, right? Like, do they, do they always use like XDR rubber on all the Asia release shoes, typically? On on the Nikes, yes. Okay, just the Nikes. Okay. Yeah, and, well, and a Jordan. Yeah, but I don't know what, like, you know, like Adidas or whatever. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like, I guess throw a little bit of a curveball here, but I know that three six one is also actively trying to get you know, a bigger presence in the U S uh, for like the running segment. And I've seen them reach out to a few boutiques and, you know, haven't quite, I don't think they've quite figured out how they want to position the brand in terms of the running space. But Drew, I wonder if you could talk to any of the opportunities or, or even some of the people that might've done some, some of the moves into that. Like, I know we talk about, you know, the traditional running companies, right? It's like, you know, the Asics, the Saucony, obviously Nike, Adidas, but there's a lot of brands I think have, you know, clearly they're putting a lot of research into the R&D and, and obviously not everything can cross over from basketball to running, but it seems like there should be opportunity for somebody like 361 or maybe even Anta or Peak to, to kind of start making moves in that space too, right? Yeah, well, the the company that makes Jay, Jay Lin, or Jeremy Lin's signature shoe their act, they actually started as a running brand and the CEO just wanted to sign Jeremy Lin. And so they signed Jeremy Lin and then they're like, oh crap. And so they hired uh, some design talent from the United States to help make that shoe. So that's a case of it going the other way because they're leaning on the running technologies that they already have um, at the brand. And then um, kind of on the on the other side with basketball coming to running, I mean, I really think that carbon plates mostly started in basketball. So you're talking, you know, what, when was the first one? 90 sometime. And then slowly, you know, the first place it went to is spikes. Uh, so people figured out, oh, okay, having, having this carbon backing on spikes, it really helps with that bounce. And then in the process of making the vapor fly, Nike decided Nike decided to sandwich it between foam. And that kind of changed the game a little bit in uh, running there. But but I even think uh, Adidas is a good example. They took light strike from basketball. That was the first place they put it. And then now it's in uh, 
uh, re some really well-respected running models, their SL20, and they just got a new one out, the SL20.2. Uh, and then they took Lightstrike and they made it slightly different, made Lightstrike Pro, and that's what's in their Vaporfly AlphaFly competitor. So they're kind of freelancing off those original ideas from basketball and mm -hmm. just making their running and, and racing shoes specifically uh, kind of just taking learnings and, and applying them. That's, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. I actually was, I'm trying to think of like when I remember first seeing carbon fiber and it's, it's gotta be like Insta pump fury, obviously on the basketball side, the foams and Jordan 11. Uh, Reebok attack, Jordan attack. I mean, attack. Oh yeah. Shack attack, Shack attack. That's right. So that's probably actually the first one that I can think of. That I don't know if you, do you remember which one? That, that was the first one that I know of like the Shack attack. Shack Attack, oh. yeah. I, f I forgot that Shack Attack has a carbon plank. I, I think yeah. it's that, that one and I, the Fury are like very similar uh, construction. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember? Uh, I don't think there's around anymore, but do you remember a company called Zoot running yeah. shoes? Zoot. So there's a, there was a company yeah. in like the mid 2000s that was like, they had a big, huge branding on the side, and it just said Zoot, Z-O-O-T. That was the brand name. And I don't know how they became – obviously, they weren't, like, crazy popular or anything. But I remember they were, like, pushing carbon fiber so hard at that point. And I just thought, this isn't, like, a new thing. Why are you guys pushing this so hard? But it is kind of interesting that, we're, like, <laughs> even on the performance side, right, we're still circling back on a lot of things. Like, it's it's – I don't know. Like, sneakers are so weird in, in a sense that – all the retro stuff, right? And like we forget things and then we leave them away, leave them, you know, off to the side for a while. And then somebody comes back and goes, you know, what we should do, we should put, you know, some sort of like self-lacing thing on it or some sort of like dial on it or some sort of, it's just spring like, <laughs> yeah, spring blades. Yeah. <laughs> spring, oh, I, know, I hope we never go. I hope we never go back to spring blades, but you know, zig tech. <laughs> They were fine that they come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were so clacky. Like when you could tell, like when somebody had them on behind you, like it was pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there is Chris, this. Are you gonna play in the? Oh, Andrew. Oh no, go go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll say it after. No, Chris, are you gonna play in the Adapt Elevens if you ever get your hands on them? Probably not. Uh, I probably won't be able to get them <laughs> in the first place. But uh, I don't think that that's really engineered for performance because we, we don't know exactly like all the tech yet. Uh, I just sure. think that, we know that there is um, the adapt system, but we don't know what their cushion mm -hmm. is. And so that yeah. would be interesting. Um, but I mean, there is the adapt BB both one and two. So it is possible, but, uh, but yeah. So speaking of adapt, do you think that it's feasible that that becomes, I, I mean, I don't think like that, mainstream. That, yeah, like I, I don't <laughs> see that being well, yeah, like a reasonable piece of the puzzle in terms of performance shoes. Uh, it just seems it's so far away cheap. to me still, right? Yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah that's it's got to get way cheaper. Like, yeah. Even if you put it as a special needs item or market it as a special needs item, which is great because you're filling, you know, that void or whatever, the price per shoe, you know, that's not really reasonable when they already have other expenses and stuff. So um, I think it's, if it's a little bit more attainable and affordable, like a fly ease, then I think that that would be cool. 
Yeah, I think they've got to make some changes, like the placement of the plus minus buttons down on the sole like that. It's, yeah. it's just not convenient. They've got to they've got to go somewhere on the upper right, which I'm and I'm assuming cost is a reason they're down there. It's a lot cheaper to have them right next to the motor, um, and, and the slimmer that motor can get, the better because then you can actually put some zoom air like above it, or you know put a plate above it so you never feel it. Because there there were some people that kind of felt that motor that that casing Ooh. on the first adapt you know bigger players because it was just cushlon that was cushioning it so i'm assuming they just beat down the cushlon enough that they could feel it uh so a, a couple of things to work out and and then the the lockdown i think they have to you know how like on on the kobe six you can see the flywire going various ways mm -hmm. I almost think they yeah. have to do the same thing with the adapt where the wires crisscross a little and go back behind the heel, but also go kind of up towards the toes because right now they're kind of very traditional in the way they lace you up and they just don't, they don't give you enough ability to customize that fit because, you know, so, so they're going to work for some people, but there's so many feet out there. They're not going to work for the majority of people uh, at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. It's actually kind of kind of interesting too. Like I have some friends that design cycling shoes. Um and they're always they're not into sneakers to that extent, but they're always kind of they have a interesting take on like the BOA systems and like if if you're not familiar with the BOA system, that's essentially like a Puma disc system, right? Like cycling and a lot of like trail running shoes have used that for a long time. Solomon's used that for a long time. Um but I I always like have the same kind of thought that you just had, Drew. Where it's like it just seems like we we progress backwards to just say here's these you know like straight over the foot strap you know uh, like automated lacing or whatever you want to call it, and yet we've already gone down that path with in other mm -hmm. genres of footwear to know that we need to think differently about the way that that works, right? And in you know, basketball and running too. Right. But, um, it, it is really fascinating. I think it's, it's one of the exciting things about like, it's that weird thing in where the technology doesn't actually result in like performance the way it's marketed, but the thought and the idea and the, the like excitement that comes with the possibility just tends to get more people into, you know, the whole idea of a performance shoe. Um, but what, what, like thinking of that, like, are there any other things for you, Chris, that, you know, in the, in the, you know, basketball side of things that are like genuinely exciting for you? I mean, obviously a lot of the stuff we've talked about is just rehashed and reinvented type things, but are there any things that, that, you know, like you're interested in specifically and seeing like the progression of on the technology side? Um, not really. Cause I, I usually feel like less is more. Uh, so like I'm getting to the point to where like the basics, the way that they are, don't usually fail you. So if you could just tweak things here or there, make it lighter, make it more comfortable, make it feel like one thing or another. Uh, I think that that's more like important. And then, um, I'm just usually excited for everything to be honest, cause everything's new sometimes, you know, like sometimes it could get redundant, but for the most part, 
the next shoe is like, ooh, what did they do? What did they tweak? And I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I think I think most of the brands need to avoid playing it safe with their entire product line and at least have some part of it where they just let where it's designers gone wild, you know, they can just do what they want. And and who knows, they release like a $250 shoe, whatever, you they, know, they, they just some of those right now, like on sneakers with those weird, like stacked. I mean, performance though. I'm, I'm yeah. talking performance. Yeah. Like they, they, they are going crazy on the casual stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I should caveat that, but if they have someone that can just throw you know, whatever against the wall on the performance side and just see if it works and see if people like it. I think that that would be a benefit to everyone. And and they can do their usual release them in limited quantities thing and get them to the athletes. And really, if if the pro athletes start loving them, then that's how they know, okay, now we got to make, we got to roll this out to more, more of our mainstream shoes. No, because it makes sense. So to, to Chris's point of like, less being more we've seen the kobe things and the jordan 33 try the powerless auto lacing you know the no lace systems and those are kind of the throw it out there see if it sticks type of design drew was talking about but it doesn't it doesn't sell as well or perform as well as the good old basics that i I think that the price the price has like a an effect on the brain usually so like even though it's crazy, it's yeah. new, and the engineering and developing was different. And so the price has to reflect all of that time and energy put into making it as playable as possible with these weird things, these gimmicks. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But like that Kobe is 175 and like real, like plasticky, you know? So I don't think a lot of people, they're going to be like, 175, I could tie my own laces because that's how I feel, like yeah. personal. So like I go 150, 120 laces, <laughs> like I'm good. You know what I mean? So I don't find a problem with it. Yeah. So my thought was kind of on the opposite side of what Robbie was saying. So we have things like that out there or that were there. But you look at like the Puma, the Puma Clyde All Pro, the Curry 8 Flow, even, I know, the D-Rose 11. Everything's, there's things going back to a completely basic look and feel, but focusing more on like cushioning uh, you know, ability to move in them and just impact protection. Do you think we're going to go back to things like that as more of a norm? And you have a couple outliers, like you have the LeBrons are always going to be LeBrons. They're going to be that super, you know, I don't want to say niche, but the luxury basketball shoe out there. You're going to have your, your KDs and things like that. But I feel like as a whole, a lot of the best performers out there, because that Puma is one of my favorite shoes I've got to, you know, shoot around in. Mine too, yeah. And it's nothing. Yeah, no, I think, uh, that, well, like first, the variety is great because there's something mm-hmm. for everyone. You know what I mean? Like I always like to say that there's not one shoe made for every person, but there is a shoe made for every person. So uh, if you mm-hmm. like and can afford, because I, I know people that I've hooked with that bought the the Adapt BBs, the, the motorized ones. They're like, yeah, man, I love it. And I'm just like, ooh, that's weird because I didn't <laughs> like love it. You know what I mean? But they love that purchase. They they feel like that they get energy off of it. They look good. Yeah. They play good. So I think there's mm-hmm. that side of it. So I'm just glad that there's the variety because you don't have to go like you're not forced. Like if you're an Air Jordan fan, you're not forced to be like, oh, well, they're four hundred dollars and they auto lace. You'd be like, oh, crap. So it's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It, it kind of makes yeah. me think uh, like 
like Drew's suggestion, it's almost like that, like they need a, the ISPA, but just on the performance side, right? Just like give these dudes their own floor, lock everybody else out. Not, not dudes, <laughs> and men, men and women. I'm just saying dudes as humans in general, but like just give them a floor and let them run with it and see what happens. Right. Because that to me is, it's it's been a challenge i think in the the design world on the performance side for quite a while right and part of that is you know i would say like it's it's the fault of people like me who end up working in the marketing side of this business in some way because it's easier for marketers to say you know tinker and you know now the jordan is going to sell right or you know air max or you know whatever whatever you know, grandiose air bubble that you want to talk about. And that is like the default, just slap it together type thing. But I, I actually think there's related to this conversation. Um, you guys are probably familiar with uh, uh, Dave Dombro and Kevin Fallon speed used hack. to do like, yeah. yeah, the speed hack. Yeah. Like, so those guys have like, obviously a crazy career path. Both of them have done amazing things in the footwear business for years now. But if you ha if you're not familiar with them, they they basically call themselves Speed Hack Dave and Speed Hack Kevin on Instagram. <laughs> They've got a small YouTube channel where they just literally hack stuff together as designers. So you might see, you know, the forefoot of a you know boost shoe with double stack zoom or whatever. Or they just they just are trying cool stuff, and it just made me think of that. So I wanted to shout them out because they're definitely a couple of people that I appreciate following because they just once in a while something pops up and you're just like, what the hell? How did they even think there, of There's this? more people out there that <laughs> but, do that than we realize. Um, I've been sent pictures from like our discord members of like their friends and they live in China and they're like, yeah, look what he made. And like, it's like a hearted bottom with something else, like a Nike top. And I was like, what the hell? And they look clean too. Like, like whoever put them together was, it's like a soul swap. So, um, so yeah, uh, the speed hat guys, they do it completely different though, where they take stuff apart. Their videos are really cool. They're really short, unfortunately. I wish they were a little longer. But um, yeah, they put things together like the Zoom pods, those giant four-foot ones. And then they put them in with like a crazy yeah, foam. And you're just like, oh, this is insane. And so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. And they actually go yeah. running them. That's what I love about it, too. It's like there's like legitimate feedback or they give it to like a professional runner and are like, you know, a couple of days later, they have, you know, feedback from that. It's It's pretty wild. But. Um, it, I guess in, in like that same vein of thought, like what are kind of, you know, like Chris, if I guess both of you guys, if you were to take, you know, the top three or four performance elements of a shoe of shoes from maybe this year, the last couple of years, what are your favorite pieces so far recently, I guess. Did you uh, want to go first? I, yeah, I, I can start on running. So running, I think the the number one thing, even above like the super foams and carbon fiber is kind of, uh, most people will know it from Hoka. It's how the sole is, uh, it has like a, Nike calls it rocker geometry, Saucony calls it speed roll, I think. I, I forget who calls it what, but it's basically curving the sole at the heel and at the toe so that your foot just rolls <laughs> through that footfall. 
And I think honestly, that helps uh, more than most things because it encourages people to kind of run in a very smooth motion. And I think we underestimate how many of us have janky like running styles. I mean, like people, people make fun of these NBA players when they're kind of running a little bit weird down the floor. And I was like, Oh yeah, well, wait, till someone videos you. Buddy. Yeah, I'm sure you're not going to like it, you know? I mean, you, you, you should see the armchair people in the YouTube comments when Chris used to post a lot of basketball footage, maybe making fun of Chris or some other guy in the footage. I'm like, what'd that guy do? He's just playing pickup basketball. Like, come yeah. on. Um, but, but that, that, that one, that one's really good. And I think, um, the, the nits that they have, the ability to get so thin with the net knit still have some structure. <laughs> and have so much breathability is like huge for running, keeping your feet cool. Because I mean, I, I ran in the nineties, but now I'm, when I bought my tailwind four this year, when it re-released, I was like, how did I run in this? This is like, this would have like, my feet are burning hot and I'm just wearing them casually. So it's, we're now at a point where our feet can stay so much cooler as well. And I've got to think that has a great effect on, you know, you know, not just, not just warm weather running, but just normal in race running. Cause you're dispensing heat a lot better. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I actually, uh, so I, I mean, up until the last few months, like was, trying to get back to running regularly over the last couple of years <laughs> and even just going from like a pegasus like shield version just designed to keep water out versus the the regular pegasus like my mm -hmm. like like i can like i can like mentally feel my feet getting hot just thinking about <laughs> the shield version because yeah. it was it was so different and I, and i didn't really think about it but really it's just like you know, like, yeah, you're wrapping your shoe in more plastic to keep the water out. Like, of course it's going to be hotter. They yeah. flex different. Like they'll, yeah. they'll pop a little bit. So yep. yeah, they're not, they're not always the best thing. So, but, uh, yeah. Well, and, oh, but, sorry. Oh, and, and just one, one more thing on that is like the Nike alpha fly, they use like a heat pressed fly knit. Um, I can't even remember what it's called now, like vapor knit or something like that. And, uh, it just doesn't, it's like a knit, but it doesn't retain any water either. Like the water just beads off and goes. And so that's another place where like all these little technological things, usually if you had a knit, it's going to absorb all that water and your shoes are going to be heavier, which makes a difference to these people that are running marathons. Um, and, and us that are running like just a 5k, trust me, it makes it, any little bit of weight makes a difference. Right. But, uh, the ability of the water to just kind of get, get away from your foot and not stay on there is just like a little bit of weight savings that helps you out just, to, just a touch with performance, but, uh, it's, it's there in the background. Drew, have you tried to run in 4d because I tried one time and I wanted my legs are going to fall off. I got the worst shin splints. Like plantar fascia, I just started acting up. I want to just fall over in the middle of the street. Yeah, I, I did. I did a review on the 4D run okay. 1.0. I only made it about 20. Like I, I ran like three or four times of them for a total of like 20 miles. But it was just 
that you know the 3d printed plastics they can't yeah. they aren't soft enough yet because that was not quite like running in a jordan pretty now, close <laughs> it was close that's not very hard that's crazy Ooh. those things are the, those things are yeah, thick too. Like no like compression. A Jordan One with 4D. Sick. If you were there, we have a new video, Robbie. We got me. <laughs> I I need the I need the Zoom Strobel in a running shoe, but they haven't they haven't yeah. done that yet, and I don't, I'm not really sure why. It should be in everything. Okay. Oh, they done that. Allegedly. No, they, Allegedly, yeah, they, in the new um, Tom Saxon. We can't get that. We, 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 that we, there's a 0% chance any of us will get that. <laughs> Tom, Tom cool. Sachs thought of it, though. So Tom Tom's thought going it, to the so. moon or going to Mars. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> it's going to be one of those situ those like standard corporate America situations where like somebody high up is like, well, Tom thought it works. So how come we don't make it work for everyone else? Right, like so, we'll we'll see it at the end of twenty twenty one. So I guess like I'll throw I'll throw that kind of same question to you, Chris. Like, what what in terms of the basketball stuff is interesting to you over the last like year or two? Um, the way that Nike's been able to repurpose its own technology over and over and over again and make it feel different every time, I think is pretty impressive. Like I'm not I'm not gonna lie. So the way that they've done the Strobels. The PG four felt like super good for what it. It's just a Air Jordan Eleven Air unit essentially, but brought up uh, closer to your foot. And then they're doing the same thing with Zoom. Uh, the unlocked Zoom that they put with the thirty four and thirty five. It just feels super crazy and bouncy, but still stable. So when they do those things, like it's just like, how can you make Zoom Air different than what I've felt over the past twenty years? And they're like, oh, dude, don't even worry about it, man. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I pull my beer. I, I can't you. believe it. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, Zoom or whatever. Yeah, and then they do it, and you're just like, "All right, like that was so cool." So um, <laughs> yeah, so I just think that that's dope that they're able to do that. The new brands, like I was saying, like the stuff that's from overseas, they're doing things that, or with things like foams and stuff that uh, we haven't seen in the states yet with that like kind of bursty uh, stuff. So I think that that's pretty interesting. So, how, how, how does that? You know, like just specifically that Aaron Gordon shoe, how would you compare that, like feeling that foam, you know, out, out of the shoe? Is that similar to like when you feel like zoom or boost out, out of a shoe or like softer or? Uh, no, you can like squish it more. So it almost feels hollow. Uh, so huh. it's interesting because the way that you push it, but it bounces right back afterwards instead of like an air unit, it's a little mm -hmm. dense. Um, so that's, that's just like the only way to put it because this stuff when you look at it it has just a bunch of air pockets uh, like a packing peanut and so you're that's kind of yeah. like there's all those tiny air units in it and so it's interesting that they were able to come up with something like that but it'd still be like technically a foam it's just crazy different, different, yeah, it's pretty different wild. than air for sure hmm. so I'm going to I'm going to let all of you chime in on this if you want to, but I haven't done any performing this year, so I'm going to stay completely out of it. <laughs> Would you, what's your top three to five slash if you need to go further? I understand shoes of the year performance wise. Performance wise, yeah, I mean, because obviously I think mm -hmm. we're all of that age where naturally we end up picking a bunch of retros that we just been waiting for since the last time it came out properly. Right. So 
<laughs> trying to stick to the performance at least. That's why I gotta I, uh, give the broad range go from three to seven, ten, you know, because you know it's it, it varies. Two. I I can <laughs> start I can start with running since I since it was easy to run this year. Uh, I mean, right. in most in most places where they didn't quarantine you actually in your like house, like I I heard from some people in South Africa that they there was six weeks there where the only way they could leave their house was to go to the grocery store, which would have driven oh, me completely insane. So I'll let I'll let Chris think a little bit since it's a tough year for basketball because so much testing had to be done outdoors versus indoors. Um, but on the running side, uh, Brooks. For trail running, they made a shoe called the Catamount, which uh, really cool nitrogen infused uh, midsole, which uh, they do. They have a really cool formulation there. So it's sort of the same as fuel cell in New Balance, uh, but different formulation. Also kind of has that packing peanut type look, but not as much so as uh, the 361 stuff. And uh, the Brooks Catamount, that's a, that's a great trail shoe, really sticky. The lugs are far enough apart. You don't get rocks stuck in it. And the upper is just super comfortable. Um, on on kind of your best everyday shoe, I would say probably, let's think. So we've got the Nike React Infinity Run, which is pretty impressive because it came out, I think, January 4th of this year. So it was like the very first shoe to launch of the entire year. And it was people's favorite throughout the year. And I think the secret to a success was they they took React, which is a great foam for running. They curved it with the rocker geometry. They put a little stability rail on the back and then they also made the last wider than the typical Nike running last because the swoosh is in. And so you've got all these people that want to run in Nikes because it's cool, but they can't because they can't stuff their feet in there because they hurt so badly because <laughs> when you're running, your feet expand. And in basketball, it's not that big of a deal because you don't want side to side movement that much. But in running, if it starts to expand and the shoe is too small width-wise, you're hurting. Um, so that's that's probably the yeah. best every day. Probably a runner-up would go to the Brooks Glycerin 18, which is just a very standard running shoe. It's like a if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's got their type of EVA, but it's actually they they have like their regular EVA and then they have their EVA that's like Cushlon and that that's what the glycerin uses is very similar to Cushlon and it's a great it's a great shoe to run in and um nice ample last for most people uh Brooks is Brooks is really on the way up as far I mean they've been around a long time but I think more people are starting to see them um as more than that you know little brand from Seattle um, then on the racing side, pretty much everyone's caught up to the Vaporfly. I would say Nike's probably still got the lead slightly with the Alpha Fly because it's just so crazy. I wouldn't wear them casually like LeBron was doing the other day. Um, it's <laughs> it, it's it, it's not like, I mean, if you just try them on, you'll be like, this would bug the crap out of me if I just had to stand here still with these on or just walk. <laughs> and they're not meant for that. They get better the faster you go um, and the more like weight you're putting in your footfalls. Um, and then, so, 
So they're probably just slightly number one. And then right below them, the latest Adidas, the Adios Pro, which instead of a carbon plate Mm -hmm. in the forefoot, they used five rods. So they're five carbon rods that are curved. So it actually mimics the metatarsal of your foot. And they just released that shoe, what, three months ago when I did the review. And already there's been a bunch of world records set in it. And they've started to get the people on the podium right there alongside Alpha Fly and Vaporfly. Um, and so it's it's a very, very impressive shoe. It's it's one of the stiffer shoes I've run in, but it's it's not like stiff in the arch. It's stiff in the toe, whereas you bend it, it just immediately goes back and gives you that extra bounce. Um, so that probably that probably covers um, most of it, but uh, I, I, I've got a, you know, I'm, I love shoes, so I've got a bunch <laughs> of them. So if anybody that's listening can hit me up on Twitter, tell me about your foot and I'll come back to you with a few suggestions. I, I like doing that. Well, I need a new runner, Drew, so I might have to hit you up because they laugh at me because I still running my Zoom, Zoom Fly SPs and they're like, they're literally under my desk and beat to dog crap. Like, it's a love the shoe, man, but it is yeah. it is done. And they're always like, it's time for a new pair. Well, we can get you an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to kind of second what Drew was saying because the some of the rare new shoes I got that weren't retros this year, I tried a pair of the Brooks Launch 7s, and it's not the glycerin, but... I did really enjoy those Brooks. Like they were a fun little ride. And um, him and I have had a couple of talks about ons too. Like the, the cloud Nova, that's more of like a, I believe like a fashionable, like hangout shoe, but those are really cool. And then the cloud boom was really cool. I'm slow. So I can't even give any kind of feedback. Like, he's giving, <laughs> but like that shoe was, that shoe was cool. <laughs> I like that one. Um, so yeah, man, if you're willing to try something outside of your your normal lane, both of those are very good options. Both brands are pretty good options. We'll keep the theme today of other brands. Okay. So <laughs> we'll keep that going. Well, mine were two basketball shoes and a trainer, which I typically don't ever buy trainers. But the first basketball shoe, actually, one of the only ones really at the plan this year was the uh, that Adidas BYW X2. Uh, this shoe got zero love from the States and this might've been one of the best basketball shoes ever played. And it took that BYW and chopped it in half, got you breathable, like mesh material. And it just performed way better because they locked down that, that boost a whole lot more. And it just, I got a nice court feel to it because you can look at the, uh, uh, you probably can't see it on the camera, but the, uh, the, the plate in the middle has a big hole in it and it gave you a little bit more a little bit more court feel when you're running. So I'm not just feeling boost. So I really like that one a ton. Um, of course, we were talking about the Puma, the Clyde All Pro. I got to just kind of walk around in it casually, but shoot around outside in it. But it was just super, it felt good out the box, initial wear, didn't have any break in time. So that one was a favorite. But then the, uh, here it is, the, the JJ4, since literally all I'm doing is either running JJ4, or going yeah. to the gym, like at our apartment complex. And it's not anything like super like, oh, super high tech, but it's like the fuse material and it's really comfortable doing multiple things from running on a treadmill to lifting. It kind of lets you do everything the way it's built. So I don't know those are my three for the year. Well, and the, and the JJ4 is only a hundred bucks. Yeah. You get a lot. That, for, that, 
that's that's a that's a yeah, shoe where you get a lot for the your trainer money. version of my the Puma All Pro. Like very similar like in placement, the, the puck in the back. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They're both kind of like ETPUs mm-hmm. or that type of feeling. Uh, so yeah, those are very similar, and they're both affordable on top of that. Yeah, and both from brands that you wouldn't think about. So I mean, for the affordable thing, I could. The one basketball shoe that's like playable I see next to Chris's head is the EV uh, the uh, the BB Evo. Like those, I quite enjoyed those shoes this year. The high top and the low. I forgot about so, those. Which, which shoe? Uh, this one? Right? No, they're it's a really cool shoe. So you want to play in those? Yeah, the Converse. Oh no! Are those all? I those are that's here. all that's the leather. Oh, oh yeah. see from yeah. here. That's just, that's just how good <laughs> the EV <laughs> No, actually that that is no, a good it shoe, like but that's it, like a it looks like the new one from here, but so yeah, those were uh that was a cool way to like come back mm-hmm. to basketball. Mm-hmm. Very cool. The G4 is pretty nice too. Converse is some cool things that people didn't really quite yeah, much hopefully, attention to. hopefully soon. Draymond's gonna be back on the court this year. He'll show some love. But yeah, my my personal, <laughs> yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. my personal picks. I don't get a. Like, All right, Chris. I, this year was wild, so I did not get to play in as much as I normally do. So that kind of sucks. But uh, this is like a really loose top three. My my number one pick would be the Puma uh, All Pro. I just think that they feel almost like a better Kobe Nine. It's so wild that you can like, like, and my, my pair is sitting right mm-hmm. there. So like very fond memories with the Kobe nine, great traction cushion, a little bit of everything. And so I get all of that and it almost looks like the damn shoe too. So, uh, I think that those are fantastic. Yeah. The KD 13s KDs have been like pretty affordable for the most part, like, you know, throughout its history or whatever. And, uh, these guys with the amount of cushion that you get for the price, as long as they fit you well, then I think that that's a great shoe. Um, I really want to put the 34 SE from Jordan brand here, but it's so close to last year's model, which was my favorite also, the 34. So I'm going to leave those off, but that's a good shoe if you could get it because it was only in, I think it was Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a pain. But um, the Anta GH1, believe it or not, the Gordon uh, Hayward shoe, yeah. and that shoe is just fucking dope so that would probably be my third spot and it would just again covered all the bases it just doesn't come past like a size 10 and a half or whatever so half the people can't even fucking try it out which sucks i should Man, that's still crazy i should give you i should give you my favorite basketball shoe too um it's definitely the lebron 18 um i've always been a lebron fan and i didn't I guess I'm big enough where I didn't quite have the some of the stability issues that Chris did, um, which he didn't have that many, but just a few. But I really liked what they did with the heel air and then the zoom kind of sitting inside it. I really felt a mm-hmm. bounce from the LeBron 18 that, man, I, I don't know that I felt since could be Katie 9 or LeBron 10 you know, kind of with the, with the full length exposed zoom air, very, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't sit as low to the ground in the LeBron 18, but I, but I really liked them except for the tongue, the tongue, hopefully they'll fix that on some future colorways. It's just kind of uh, bulky kind of doesn't, 
doesn't uh, bend correctly. But uh, once you get mm. once you get going, you can kind of forget about it. It's kind of funny because like I just watched Chris's review. I don't know when it was a few days. You just did it like in the last week or whatever on the LeBron 18 yep. lows. And I didn't realize the difference in the tongues. I haven't bought a LeBron for like three years, probably just because price wise, I just don't. It's like, no, thanks. But I do like the 18 low. And I was I, I was looking at them. And of course, like your video popped up, you know, around the time that I was just kind of casually looking looking at them um but i didn't even like like just I, I don't know how to say it like sounds bad but like just general like shopper consumer mentality nick that day didn't even notice the difference in the tongues and then i watched the video i was like oh shit i gotta go back and look at all cool. these like if colors you're, if because you're I, didn't even, them, I didn't even see <laughs> it might be like you know what i mean to some people especially Depends on what you're wearing that day. If you happen to be able yeah. to try them on, which this year we might, you know what I mean, just didn't happen. But um, yeah, so if I would have tried that on the store and I felt the tongue, I'd have been like, uh, I'd still have to buy it because I got to review it. But yeah. um, it wouldn't be like one of those like, oh, I can't wait to have my ankle get shredded by that thing, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> but when the good is good, like both of you brought up how many times can you keep switching up Zoom? And the LeBron sense, like, I mean, since they went Air Max, like, let's just do anything we can with Max and Zoom, mix them together. Let's try pods. Let's mix them inside of each other. And I haven't had the 18 yet, but I've had every single one since, like, I think I've had almost every LeBron model. This they keep that's surprising the, me on the crazy what they can do with, with the LeBron Max 18 Zoom. that they took. It's, Some of their it's, it's most comfortable foam on. They smacked it in between full-length Zoom strobo that you would get in the, the KD shoe plus an Air Max that you would typically get in a LeBron shoe. So you've got cushion on steroids. And it, it's mad comfortable, man. Like, that's a, that's a trippy shoe to play in. They're crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got to try that one. The 12 is still the crazy. I, I love the, the little hex, the little uh, geometric shape. Pods on it. And they did that on trainers, too. That's just the it's most a, it's almost like Every step you can the feel the little IPS zoom go off. From I love that. So but that's those things are always fun when, like, you can feel like a like a spring <laughs> under your step. What, what you would mm -hmm. think, like, Nike shocks would feel like. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. What is supposed to go? Did those Jordans come with a tool? Funny, and if you lost the tool, you can you switch the heel cushion. With the um, <laughs> was like the twenty. And then the other uh, set has zoom, um, but the zoom and the, they're so tiny. Yes. So it's cool, but mm -hmm. it's not like super functional, which is probably why they, we don't see it. But it would be. Yeah. Well. That's the weirdest part about Zoom is sometimes like it could feel in today's episode of Zoom that did it. Other times you you like <laughs> hear that it's gonna be on a shoe, you get excited, you put it on, and you're like, where? Yeah, and it happens. Where is it? Yeah, yeah. Or, or you hear it's gonna be there and it's not there at all, <laughs> so it could be. Shots <laughs> fired. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the. Uh... Yeah, it is kind of crazy though because the the. Uh, the concept of that switchable cushioning, right, is such a selling point. I don't think, I think yeah. it's like 
even even when you got like you know 21 i think of the 2011s right i never swapped those cartridges out once i decided this was one even the converse shoe and yeah. you can take out the midsole but there's nothing to replace it with so it's mm-hmm. like why is it like this if i can't have options like why aren't there other uh midsole yeah. that you can buy and like put in there so I think it's like a small opportunity there because I'd be like, dude, if I get one shoe and then just switch it around, I like that stuff. I think it's cool. That'd be dope. Yeah, me too. Well, Nick, you're you're the last one, man. What's what's your favorite? (laughs) I've spent the last like three weeks Look, look, I, I'm going to just show you. I got the heating pad right behind me still because my back still hurts. So yeah. the only thing I, the only thing I could talk about back. performance is uh, I could talk about performance wool socks. <laughs> I picked up some nice recycled material Dickies socks. Been keeping my toes nice and comfy walking around the house for the past month. So that's, uh, that's about all I could speak to. <laughs> no, you, know, no. you know you you just did the you just did your video on the AM3 Radiant Red though and like I swear mm-hmm. walking around in those things I I'm almost thinking like I could run in them because like the phylon is so soft compared to other retros that I'm like they're almost it's almost like playing a trick on me like oh maybe I, maybe I could run in these they they yeah, I threw them on just to walk around the house when they came in, and I was like, "Okay, okay, I'm I'm, I'm here for this." It's crazy though because I so I actually still have this sitting here next to me, but like this was like the 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 history of Air One, right? And this this tongue is like an SB tongue. It's so thick, and I I just didn't like. I mean, I haven't really worn those shoes a lot in a long time because I beat them up when they first came out, but it's crazy to, to see the differences, you know, and I, I, it's, I don't have like an actual decent one to compare to, but um, I would assume that you'd run into the same, you know, situation as you were talking about with the, uh, the, was it the uh, Tri-X fours? What did you say? You, we bought the, Ta- re- tailwind, the, force. Oh, the tailwind, tailwind fours. Oh, the tailwind fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But like, I I'm love like- that shoe too. I mean, I wish it was, like I got a pair of those I th- that came out like year before, like 2019. Right. Originally. And I think I got a pair. Yeah. I was like, it's like kind of like, eh, it felt super stiff and I don't know. It's, it's weird how Nike does the retro thing. Right. Like we could, we could talk for hours about that because uh, like oh. even like a couple of Chris's videos this year, it's like, I think, I think you did the, uh, with the flight 89s, right. Where it's like, wild. what the hell like, is this? It doesn't look like a picture. Uh, uh, the cushioning yeah. is different. The materials are different. Like that's Nick's favorite. And I, shoe. and I just want them all to be that good, right? But yeah. No. So I'm willing to bet money. All of us have done what Drew said, and like you're trying to pack for a vacation, and you have like an Air Max Three, and you're like, <laughs> if I wanted to get a workout though, in, like, in line, I couldn't see you running hella these, comfortable. Right? Instead yeah. of having to bring another like running shoe. Yeah. We all yeah. Come back. Oh, dude. No, I bought, I bought four pairs. I love that thing. Beautiful. Dang, y'all about to make me buy a pair. That, I haven't like, bought a new remastered pair. Casual shoe. So, like, 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 you like, should have like, that one. You should have like, uh, like, Nike. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah. The, the people <sighs> on the team to recraft it has even tweaked release by yeah. release to make it so that that radiant red pair was as close. And they supposedly put four foot air back uh, in the midsole and just everything, mm-hmm. the packaging, the card. Like I were able to get a pair of Air Max 90s in 1990, but I feel like I was in 1990 opening that box, yeah. you know? And that, oh. yeah. So, and I know that a lot of people are like, you can't pick a, a retro or you shouldn't pick a retro as like your shoot of the year. But like you were saying, that past release that you've got is so bad. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. I'm just saying is just that something, that telephone game where like things get lost in translation, that's what yep. Yeah, like it's so crazy, you know, and so you're just like, man, what the heck? And <laughs> Who so put this Air Max you get used to seeing it a certain Max way, and then when they <laughs> go ahead and finally put some effort into it, where you're just like, dude, you nailed like every aspect. Like, why don't you treat the 89s like this? Because I love those, you know, and uh, whatever other shoe, because that that would just be fantastic. Just I don't want like an upgrade. Just treat it right, like the way that it was. Yeah, do it like yeah. that one can we can we get some good sc trainer yeah, retros? trying to find them now sc trainer retros that shoe has been butchered so many times throughout the years when that they one the trainer one give me a good sc retro this year, SC that's high. One where, like, give me that good old bo jackson that's not they, they're hella comfortable give me a good one like those are the 90s man. oh that looks so good Mm-hmm. That was my only gripe. They sat around too like, because they're like, it? oh, it's not a dunk. I, I don't want to buy it. Like, SB label now, but like, like, why? That's one of the most comfortable shoes. Cool? No, not all the time, but like, that's what I mean with this one. Like, why label that one when it was so good mm-hmm. in SB when you could have not all the time, though. Treatment? Maybe. Sure. To me, I think the original. Easy to funnel the, like, the hype. Like, like ooh, we keep selling all these SBs. Let's go ahead and start funneling everything to it. Maybe we'll sell them out. It's yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, may, maybe Travis Scott just has it in his contract that he'll only promote SB and Jordan, so that's why. <laughs> right yeah, two seventy. That's that's when he wore those. That one time. Yeah, that, they were dark. <laughs> He's never gonna wear those again. Those things are awful. I always forget well, the good one. Just to end on that note, the 34 oh, sat yeah. at Buffalo Exchange, his Travis Scott 34, yeah. I think it was 80 bucks, and I was still like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, the 33. 33. It was the 33, 33 yeah. Yeah, 33. Yeah, I, re- yeah. I remember yep. that at All Star, like All Star in, was that Charlotte? At, no yeah. one, no one was touching those. Like, and that was back when, you know, they had made a ton of Kobe 4 draft days, I believe. And so, like, even the Kobe 4 draft days, I mean, they were moving when I was just sitting in this footlocker and watching. And most of the signature shoes were moving, but no one was touching those 33s. No one. Oh, they hit the hash walls, like the, the uh, military green ones he did, those silver ones. I remember going to the outlet here. And it's like, oh, look, they're all here, and I still don't want any of these. <laughs> that shoe hurt. I could feel uh, all the tech underneath. Yeah, she was on it cut some holes in my arches because I had like yanked <laughs> me. The old type, like, I like my shoes to be tight, which is why I prefer laces because <laughs> I can make it as tight as I need without all that weird, the cables oh, sit under your foot. Geez. So they just rub. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, torment. Yeah. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, between you doing that and then Drew running in Yeezy 380s, I don't know how you ran in those, by the way. I was like, what is he doing? He's just going to fall off. Yeah. I mean, they got boost. Yeah. They weren't very I mean, stable, though. But does it work? He's just going side to side. So does this Dan Smith, but you don't know that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just bought some 350s, and so I asked a bunch of our followers, I was like, should I run in them and do a review? And like half of them were like, don't do that to yourself. And the, <laughs> the other half, the masochists, were like, yeah, do it. See what happens. You'll be, you'll be swimming in those uppers. Your foot's going to go one way and go right. Don't do it. I mean, it's it's good that you got at least half, you know, the people looking out for you, right? Because they actually appreciate what you do. The rest are just like, eh, fucking just go for it, Drew. We'll see you later. Tell how it goes. <laughs> Let it burn. Well, They're the so. Ones that follow all the. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was saying they're probably the ones that follow those Instagram accounts with all the fails. <laughs> Wait, did you write it? Did you make it on there yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say it's wear testers and fail army. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is what it is. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean, hey, if, if it gets the if it if it gets the views yeah, up, right? Yeah, you know, be, I mean, be interesting. I'm sure there's sure. plenty of blooper reels over the years, right? <laughs> Crossover, crossover potential. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, I wanted to uh, obviously shout out to you. I think like the, the, we are underdogs still have pre-order up for, for the end one. Right. So um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I also was thinking about this and I should have asked you before, but now is as good a time as any. If, if you could do a collab Nightwing shoe with one of the brands this year, who would it be? Cause you've had a pretty solid run of, of collabs. I don't know if you know that, like w- we've talked about like getting your own shoe many, many times over the years. And, and you've, you've got, you've got a, yeah. a, a nice little checklist going now. I've, I've collaborated with brand black, which is a smaller brand, um, but a brand nonetheless. And we created two shoes and I really like one of them is right there. Uh, that's the the rare metal and in the, the Nightwing S colorway. Um, but like, it's cool every time. Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I got to do this. No, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I got to do this again. And so, uh, yeah, so it's always like super cool. This one's a little bit different because it's with nobody that anybody's ever heard of. And I think that that's probably the coolest part. So plus they're good at making shoes like well done but they never have done basketball before so that's like i'm like curious like can we do this or something that's playable and so far it's been good so this is uh this is one of them and yeah this this is a just a cool shoe man it's so weird like hooping in these especially because like you can only really do it outside right now so i don't want to like ruin them but it's my only real option but um hooping in those and like just getting some shot i was like man it's crazy. So, um, cause it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's cool to wear to Jordan, but it's like yours. So yeah. it's dope. But, um, and then we got this one, all, all the pre-orders do stop, I think in December, but, uh, this is like the tribute colorway. So, and then we got the, 
That one sold out, didn't it? One too. These ones are dope. Yep. Yeah, oh, and then we, we brought it back too, and then they closed more orders. So yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting to do that because that that's like super hard. Like people are like, "Oh, why can't you do this?" You'll you know what I mean? Like they everybody's always got to critique stuff like super harsh, <laughs> which I do too, but with a heart in mind, I feel sometimes. Uh, but, uh, you know what I mean? At least that's how it is in my head. But um, to do it yourself, you're just like, dude, that shit is not easy, man. So hats off to everybody that actually makes them because it's really really cool well i think the coolest thing of it that like people have followed chris for a long time and they respect his opinion on basketball shoes so now that he's had a chance to make his own they really showed up and supported him and we were able to get because uh, the, the molds opened because he did his own tooling for what uh eight through 13 or was it seven through 13 i think it was seven seven through is- 13 yeah, it was crazy in and of itself because it's including half sizes. Yeah. So, and yeah. so, which which opens the door right now. Uh, uh, on December 18th, we ended a colorway contest, which uh, they've done before with uh, some of the creators. And so we've got a whole bunch of really cool colorways and people have tweaked things about the shoe. But since all the tooling molds are open, it, it leaves open the possibility of doing more stuff uh, with, colorways and stuff like that and it's it's super cool to see like chris live the dream as someone that just is so much loves the tech i think myself and a lot of our audience kind of put ourselves in his shoes he's kind of the voice of all of us as he unboxes shoes and really digs into the tech and how good a brand did at reproducing something or what they're trying that's new and uh it's just cool to see someone that's like us get their own shoe and then get it out to the rest of us to be able to check out too. Don't. Yeah. Definitely. And it's scary. it's scary too. Cause all of a sudden they're like, why didn't you? And it's like, Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah they kind of, they kind of flip it on you after all the years of, of seeing you get to break <laughs> other people's work down. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So I just hope people like them, but I'm super appreciative of the support and yeah. the opportunity. So, uh, cause I, it's not something that's just given to anybody, which is crazy. So, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, man, that's man. awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I'm going to start calling you Gina Davis. <laughs> you're in the league of your own, man. <laughs> great movie, by the way. That is a great movie. <laughs> so that's a good one. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, and, and, uh, I don't know if you, Drew, you mentioned something something else that was coming in the works. So we, much like you guys, we have our own uh, Discord community as well and kind of helped keep the lights on. Well, and in our case, mostly I, I would say 100% of what people put into Discord goes right into buying shoes that then get reviewed because um, we don't get as many free shoes as honestly some people assume when they first find the channel. Um, there are, there are brands that send us shoes on occasion. We're always thankful and, and you'll know, cause Chris will always thank them in the video and point it out because he wants people to know, uh, when a shoe has been provided just so we're being completely transparent. Um, but with our discord community, we do shoe giveaways and, um, there's actually a, uh, member slash audience member that, um, Due to some unfortunate circumstances in his life, which Chris will get into in a video, 
wants to kind of pass his shoe collection on to people that will use it and enjoy it. So be on the lookout for kind of a, a special video that Chris is going to do that's going to uh, talk about this person and all they've gone through and then what they're doing to give back to the sneaker community while they still can. And uh, I, th I think it'll be something really cool and uh, it'll hopefully kind of also show what we're all about, really about connecting the sneaker community. I mean, that's why we like you guys at Sneaker History because it's, it's about kind of these friendships we form along the way and uh, just getting to talk and laugh and build relationships around something that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, sneakers, but is super fun for all of us to follow. Yeah, most definitely. Well said. So I guess uh, last but not least, let's, uh, I mean, everybody knows you guys, but I'm going to have you give your <laughs> uh, social so they can follow along and uh, get your advice. And and actually, I'm going to just ask everybody that's watching to harass Drew until we get the video review of the Easy 350 running shoe. <laughs> I <second> that. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put a GoPro right. on and see what happens. There we go. Um, so uh, from Wear Testers perspective, you can follow at Wear Testers on Twitter, at Wear Testers on Instagram. Uh, both of those places we post all the reviews. Uh, we have wearTesters.com where we have reviews, uh, running, cross-training, basketball. Now on Wear Testers, the YouTube channel, you've got mostly Chris doing reviews on basketball shoes and retros, but we're starting to kind of broaden our roster a little bit in terms of who appears on there. Uh, but we've just got to pass Chris's quality check for video first. Um, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm specifically at Drew Whitcomb on both Instagram on Twitter. So I'm mostly on the, in, on the uh, Wear Testers Twitter as well. So either way, hit me up personally, hit up Wear Testers Twitter with any running questions. And I might not get back to you immediately, but I will eventually get back to you. Yeah, and then you can just find me on both Instagram and uh, Twitter at Nightwing2303. And it's pretty simple. You tweet me and I'll respond so. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. on well uh i definitely appreciate you guys connecting with us i obviously yeah. love what you guys do and happy to support you guys any way we can um i think i speak for R robbie and mike as well like i, I we yeah. feel the exact same way about you guys in terms of the community and it's been really awesome because you know i i feel like we're just kind of like the little brother in the relationship in the terms of like the way you guys are progressing we're just kind of like right. doing the same kind of thing learning how this all works so <laughs> but you, you guys have you guys have people that are that are asking you to essentially risk your lives and we haven't made it to that level of, of uh fan base yet not so. yet <laughs> We, we just get people wanting to risk it all. We don't get people wanting to risk it. <laughs> it and, and they literally were right when COVID started and the whole country was essentially locked down. People were like, hey, Chris, where's that performance review? And he's <laughs> like, I, like, I got to watch I, something, right? I live in the U.S. What the heck? I can't. And, and uh, imagine being locked inside, reading lots of those comments, and you're like, I can't get out, you know, and, so, and you can't respond either because then that, you end up looking like a dick. So. That's your, that's your, uh, that's your, that's your fail army collab, right? It's you out there crossing over the Grim Reaper, aka COVID. <laughs> <laughs>
That might be insensitive right now. I think it's too early. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Probably is. I apologize. Yeah. Mid 2021, if the vaccine hasn't made us all zombies, yeah. you might see that. <laughs> <You're gross. laughs> uh, cool. Well, uh, we definitely appreciate you guys. And uh, th- anything, anything else, Robbie, Mike? Thank you, Two Wave. I appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah, no, thanks I for having us. Thank you. Right on. We'll we'll, uh, appreciate you guys spending your time and listening, watching on YouTube. Uh, Make sure you like, favorite, subscribe. That's all new to us, but we appreciate you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. (laughs) Bye. See you. Hey, y'all. Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.